the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. Hey, y'all. I'm Bud Elliott, and this is my college football summer school series on Cover 3. I bring on the team experts from the 24-7 sports staff and ask them the questions I care about. No fluff. Which players will be toughest to replace? What position groups are sneakily better or worse than I realize? We get you the scoop on each team in 20 minutes or less. Let's go. Hey guys, welcome back into Buddy Lake College Football Summer School. And today we are talking a big time program, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Bringing my man Dave Biddle on from Bucknuts, Bucknuts Morning 5 podcast. I mean, it's the best Ohio State website in the world. So we got to have Dave on. Welcome back to the show, man. Thanks, Bud. Great to be with you, man. Absolutely. So uh, another really good year for Ohio State, and I mean, expectations are, are crazy high there in Columbus every year. But you know, eleven and two, pretty clear top five team in the country by all, all the power ratings. Nobody played Georgia closer d- down the stretch than they did, and, and if that kick goes through the uprights, they, they very very well may be playing you know forward and, and beating TCU in the national title game. I, I saw some consternation after those two games. Has the fan base calmed down a little bit? Well, I mean, the fan base has not calmed down about losing to Michigan two straight times, especially the way they lost. Um, and, you know, you thought maybe it was a one-year aberration. Michigan kind of, you know, ambushed them in Ann Arbor in, in 2021. And then Ohio State had them in, in, in Ohio Stadium. They were going to take care of business after having to sit on that for 365 days. And Michigan took it to them again. So, no, the fans are, are still bent out of shape about that. Uh, we'll see what happens in Ann, in Ann Arbor, uh, you know, this November. For the Georgia game, yeah, I think it's kind of toned down. It, you know, it, I feel like overall Ohio State fans look back on that game and feel like an opportunity was missed. Um, you know, the Carl, the overturn on the Marvin Harrison Jr. targeting is one that, that sticks in the craw of Ohio State fans. But I think Ohio State fans realize, you know, kind of um, – Give them the you know the program a little bit of national respect back as you mentioned they played the national champs the you know two time defending champs you know right down to the wire in their backyard in Atlanta um, and um, but yeah that was that's a tough loss to get over the Georgia game but the Michigan game is games plural those are the ones that Ohio State fans are really focused on getting that monkey off their back no doubt about it so we'll start here with the offense another top five offense under Ryan Day it has been top five opponent adjusted power ratings wise every single year that he's been there. They, they do lose C.J. Stroud. They lose two NFL offensive tackles. I'll, I'll start with quarterback here. 
is this offense truly plug and play? Yeah, I mean, I don't not to CJ Stroud's level, you know, the number two overall pick of the draft, not to Justin Fields' level, but I do think Kyle McCord, if he's the starter or Devin Brown, I think they will play well. My question is how well? I just need to see it first because what I saw in spring bud was um at times it looked like, okay, they're gonna be more than fine at quarterback. And then at times it was like, oh, can't play like that, or they're not gonna be more than fine at quarterback. There could be some trouble. Now I do think overall whoever wins that job is going to have a good year. Um, it's for a multitude of reasons. First of all, they are talented quarterbacks. Second of all, you can't find a better you know system as a quarterback to play in than the Ryan Day system and then the weapons. You know, we, you know Marvin Harrison Jr. And then Emeka Ibuka probably doesn't get talked about enough because of Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, I know CBSSports.com does have Emeka Ibuka projected as a first-round pick. Um, so not everybody's overlooking him. Um, but um, they've got a good tight end in Cade Stover. They've got other good wide receivers other than their their major top two of, of Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Buka. So I do think whoever wins the starting quarterback job is going to have a good year. The question to me, Bud, is could can the starting quarterback have a great year? Can the starting quarterback be good enough to you know win the Big Ten and then win the national championship? That's the questions that we have because they they were up and down in spring. They didn't play bad, but they didn't set the world on fire. And Ryan Day would be the first to tell you that, that they had their good moments, bad moments. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, to answer your question, it is it is basically a plug-and-play situation to be good, but to be great, that's that's that story is still to be determined. What what sort of odds, not that you would ever bet on Ohio State football, but like what sort of odds, hypothetically, would you need to take Devin Brown to be the starter? Is, is it like a 4-1, to 6-1 to odds that he's going to win it less? To be the starter, like for the uh, opener, I would put it maybe I maybe I have to say ten to one for me okay. to, if I was you know hypothetically going to bet on it because I, I'm very confident Kyle McCord's going to at least try it out there uh, against Indiana as the starting quarterback. Now, will he hold the job? I think he will. I think he will. But um, I'm not ruling it out, and I'm not ruling out that Devin Brown could win the job in camp. Um, but yeah, I think you know, like like I've said, I'm, I'm on the record. I'll be surprised if it's not McCord. I won't be shocked. So, yeah, for me to bet on on Brown being the opening day um, starting quarterback would have to be like more like 10 to 1 odds for me to jump on it. So this receiver room is disgusting. Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr., Egbuka, Julian Fleming. Is there anybody who can crack the top three? I, I know that like Carnell Tate's going to play some. I-, I saw him a lot down here at IMG by me in Florida. It- is there anybody that's a serious threat to, to-, to actually crack that top three or, or are they pretty set? Cardinal Tate would be the one, and they have a, they have kind of a you know jack of all trades. Xavier Johnson, um, who's coming back as a sixth year senior, um, he's uh, you know he can do a little bit of everything. So he'll, he's definitely going to be in the mix at wide receiver as well, like he was last year. But Carnell Tate's the one. Here's the thing that's so interesting. Like, could Carnell Tate, you know, if he was the number three receiver this year for the Buckeyes, everything I saw during spring and everything that we saw that he did during high school, could he be a solid number three receiver even as a true freshman? Yes, but. It's going to be tough. I used the Marvin Harrison Jr. example from two years ago, bud. Marvin Harrison Jr. was really good. He was ready as a true freshman. Came in, enrolled early. We saw what we saw in the spring. um, And then didn't play as a true freshman until the final game of the season as a Rose Bowl. I don't mean didn't play at all. He played, you know, in the fourth quarter and stuff like that. But didn't really have a role in the rotation until the Rose Bowl, the final game of the year, where he had his breakout, had three touchdowns in the Rose Bowl. And the only reason he had that opportunity was because both Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson sat out the Rose Bowl. Yeah. So if Marvin Harris, my point, like we're talking about Marvin Harrison Jr. might be the best wide receiver ever come through here. And we know he was ready as a red shirt or a true freshman by what we saw in the Rose Bowl and what we saw, you know, before that in practice and everything like that. So if Marvin Harrison Jr. couldn't play as a true freshman, 
Will Car- Will Carnell Tate play a lot? I keep saying no because I need to see it first. Now, could he beat out Julian Fleming? It's possible. Fleming's a fourth-year guy, um, so that's going to be tough to beat him out. But Fleming's also been banged up a lot, bud. So that's another way Carnell Tate could get, get in the mix. Another guy could be Jaden Ballard. He's a burner uh, entering his third year. Um, you know, he can really take the top off. Can he be more consistent? Can he be an all-around wide receiver? Those are some of the questions, but he's definitely got the speed. He's another guy that could crack it. But Car- Noah Rogers looked really good during spring, too, another true freshman. Carnell Tate would be the one. But, again, I, if I'm putting my money on, I'm going to say Carnell Tate won't redshirt. There's, there's no way he'll redshirt. Will he have a big role as a true freshman? Probably not. Let's uh, let's talk about another guy. You mentioned Fleming has been, has been banged up quite a bit. Travion Henderson, I feel like, has never been able to stay fully healthy for the Buckeyes. It, I thought he was a stud coming out of high school. Does he still have that? Like, is there still hope internally, or from what you've seen, that he could still have that breakout type year, or, or is there a different guy we need to be focusing on in the backfield? There's definitely still hope, but yeah, you nailed. It. I mean, coming out of high school, I mean, expectations couldn't have been higher. And then he played really well as a true freshman. You know, over a thousand yards, had one of the best true freshman seasons in Ohio State history. And then, you know, last year really fell off. Now we didn't know till the end of the year because they're not going to like tell the media, who then would tell the opponent what the exact injury was. But he was dealing with a broken foot, a broken bone in his foot for most of the season. It happened really early in the year, like second game or third game of the year, and was dealing with that all year. They missed one game and came back. Um, you know, came back too early. He admitted it. Um, and that affected him all year. So my question now is, now he didn't, even before he injured the foot, it wasn't like, it looked like, man, is he, is he having a little bit of a sophomore slump? Kind of what we saw with J.K. Dobbins when he came in. He had a great true freshman season, had a sophomore slump, and then had a great junior season. So now my question with Travion is, well, even before the injury, can we just blame it on the injury? Because even before the injury, he didn't look quite like the explosive guy we thought he would be, the home run hitter. Um, and are we just going to blame it on the injury? I don't know. It could have been the, the mostly the injury is why he had a bad year last year, or not a bad year. He still had a, a decent year, but cer- certainly not as good as we expected. So we'll see. I mean, his stock is definitely down a little bit, but there's definitely hope because he's got the pedigree from his high school days. We saw what he did as a true freshman. Um, if he's healthy, I still believe in him. I think he can have a big junior season, but he's going to get pushed. Other guys, Mayan Williams is going to get playing time. Guys on the rise, you know, Dallin Hayden was good as a true freshman last year. He's now bulked up. He's going to be better as a sophomore. Chip Trainum's a guy that had a good spring, bud. A guy that was a running back at Arizona State, transferred here to be a linebacker. Now has moved back to be a full-time running back. Um, he looked good in the spring. And then we'll see about Evan Pryor, a guy that's coming off a torn patellar tendon. He was definitely going to be in the plans last year as a redshirt freshman. Suffered that knee injury in camp. Um, he's supposed to be healthy now. But, yeah, Travion Henderson has been fully cleared. Uh, he was able to do some stuff in spring. He was able to run around a little bit but didn't actually practice, certainly didn't go when they were going live. He's been fully cleared for all, all summer activities. So we'll see, man. It's uh, to be determined if he's going to you know, be that you know, absolutely like all-American back we expected or if he's just going to be going to be a guy that's you know, a pretty good college back. We shall see. So let's talk offensive line. I, I know as early as September last year, we're just in the scouting community, we had heard that Ohio State – was going to need two transfer tackles, or at least that was kind of the feeling that our sources had heard in, in, internally as to what they felt about the, the backup tackles. And obviously guys develop and, and go through you know the rest of fall and they go through spring and they have summer. They do lose two NFL tackles here. Uh, they get Josh Simmons from San Diego State. What Am I wrong to circle that as like the potential sort of you know weakness in, in, in this death star that is the Buckeyes? 
that's certainly a potential weakness for the offense. It's definitely the biggest question mark. I mean, quarterback is somewhat of a question mark, but like we talked about earlier, I'm, I'm confident that whoever wins that job is going to be at least good and, and has the potential to have a great year. Um, but offensive line is a question mark. When you lose, you know, the number six overall pick of the draft, the first offensive lineman in Paris Johnson Jr., um, that's a big loss. And then even though Dewan Jones slipped till the fourth round, he was projected to go higher than that. Regardless, he was a two-year starter. That's a big loss. Luke Whipler turning pro early, I mean, that turned out to be a bad decision. That, that hurt Ohio State and it hurt Luke. He had a really good game against Georgia. I think people are probably in his ear saying, you're going to be at least a second-day pick, maybe you know third round at the worst. He slips all the way to the sixth round. He left after his third-year sophomore season, slips all the way to the sixth round. So, you know, it's interesting. They, they, they feel pretty good about Josh Fryer at left tackle. He was the sixth man on the offensive line. Last year when they go with the jumbo sets, he'd come in as that six offensive lineman, extra tight end, however you want to look at it. So they like him. He's entering his fourth year. He's got a couple of years of eligibility left. Um, I think he might be better suited at right tackle, but he's the left tackle. As you mentioned, Josh Simmons was a really good get. They've done a really good job in the portal. Um, Simmons was a, was a really good get. Is he going to come in here and be a star if he's a starting right tackle? No, but he had a really good year as a, as a redshirt freshman at San Diego State and I think can be a solid starter as a third-year sophomore if he wins that job. The other guys in the mix to be right tackle or third-year sophomore, Zen Mahalski, and redshirt freshman, Tegra Shabola. Tegra, especially, as you know, is a, a big-time recruit and looks like he's straight out of central casting there at 6'6", 330, you know, but he's still raw. You know, I think he's going to be good in the future, but that's when that, why they went out and got Josh Simmons. Um, so those guys are going to battle it out. I do think Simmons will be a starter. Center, to me, then, is interesting. I think Carson Hinsman's going to be a good one. Will he be a good one as a redshirt freshman, first-year starter, though? Like, that's that's going right. to be tough, you know? And he's he's gotten bigger, but he came in about 280 last year. He's up to about, like, almost 300 now. So not, you know, you know, not a not a small center, 6'4", 300, but, you know, not a huge center. So losing Whipler hurts, losing the two tackles hurts. Um, but they do like Hinsman. My, again, my question is, like, I, I, I don't question if he's going to be good eventually at Ohio State, but will he be good right away? Um, and, and good enough where they can, like, you know, achieve their goals. So, yeah, to answer your question, the offensive line is certainly the biggest question mark. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. In my ratings, okay, I, I, there, I'm projecting some sort of drop off when you lose that much talent to the NFL. I just, I guess we'll see how, how big the drop off is, which transitions us nicely to the defense here because the defense did take a, a pretty big step forward last year from 60s to the 20s in terms of defensive power ratings if you adjust for opponent, which is a nice jump, right? Uh, now, in fairness, I see the complaints from Ohio State fans. There was a little bit of like bully the bad teams, maybe not the best against the good teams, a little covariance going on there. 
Uh, but that that happens as, as the defense is learning, I guess. Uh, are people not sold on, on Jim Knowles still? They like him. I, I guess, yeah, I think no one is completely sold on him yet because they want to see it this year. Sure. Now, as you mentioned, he's got a lot of things in his favor, though. They, they, you know, statistically, they improved a lot, as you mentioned. Now, then again, though, as you alluded to, I mean, they didn't play very many good offenses. And when they did, they didn't play well. I mean, Michigan torched them. And Michigan couldn't throw. One thing Michigan couldn't do last year was throw the ball down the field well until they played Ohio State. Because Ohio State was now, it's easy to throw the ball down the field when you're going. You could probably make those passes, though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, when, when guys are open by 30 yards, you're, you're going to, you know, JJ McCarthy's going to turn into Joe Montana very quickly. Um, but still, and then Georgia just could do whatever they wanted as well, other than the third quarter where Ohio State played well defensively when they mixed things up. And then, and then after that, it was, you know, Georgia could just do whatever they wanted. Um, so, you know, but here's the thing. Another thing has uh, Jim Knowles is going in his favors. Look at the NFL draft. Ohio State had one player drafted, and it Thank was in the you. third round. Zach Harrison, who was drafted basically basically on potential, was he drafted on his great production at Ohio State? No, not that he was unproductive, but he wasn't like as productive as anybody expected. But he's six six two seventy two, so he was a third round pick. That's the only guy they even had that was drafted. So Jim Knowles inherited talent, but a lot of it was young talent. the The older talent on this team. You know, guys like Teron Vincent, guys that were highly rated coming out of high school, like Teron Vincent was the number one defensive tackle recruit in the country. And he was bad last year as a fifth year senior and was a starter, was undrafted. Ronnie Hickman, undrafted, leaves early to be undrafted. All these guys that played a lot, undrafted. The good guys on the defense are all coming back. Tommy Eichenberg had a really good year last year, second team All-American. JT Tuimolo-Alice projected as a first round pick. Jack Sawyer's got potential. I like their D tackles with Tyleek Williams and Mike Hall. And now they've added some depth there with Tywone Malone, um, the transfer. They did a really good job in the portal getting Davis and Igbenosin from Ole Miss. I like Denzel Burke at corner, and I like Jordan Hancock. They're, they've got some good corners there, and they've got a lot of depth at safety. They did get a uh, good job of getting Jihad Carter from Syracuse in the portal. I mean, they got eight scholarship guys in the portal this offseason alone. They did really well. Three key wins, Josh Simmons, the offensive tackle, Igbenosin, and then Carter. And then five guys that are kind of depth pieces, including Vic Cutler, an offensive lineman. But um, yeah, man, they've got some good depth at safety with Lathan Ransom. Sonny Styles needs to means has to be a starter, in my opinion. Has to. The athleticism he has. Yeah. I don't know how you keep him off the field. Yeah, and and the coaches have basically said that when we ask him. But also, Bud, like throughout spring, he's running with the twos. And I'm I'm sitting there thinking, there's no way Josh Proctor can be a starter over Sonny Styles. Like Sonny Styles has to has to be a starter this year, and I think he will be. I guess the only thing I can think there, and I'm not saying that he runs the wrong direction, but if you're if you're really fast and you run the wrong direction, you're just running the wrong spot faster, right? So I like maybe there's a learning thing there. Physically, Styles is freaky. Like I, I'd be shocked if if they didn't find a way to to use him. Um, so like Eichenberg and Chambers grayed out as solid linebackers. They basically never leave the field. Is there anybody behind them that could potentially be? like a, a really high NFL pick who's going to you know be ready a year before we think he might be ready and and, and take one of those spots or, or threaten for playing time? Definitely. C.J. Hicks is the one. You know, I, I almost lumped him in with Sonny Styles, like he has to start. But because Steel Chambers is at least, you know, a solid starter and will be a fifth-year senior, really was playing, you know, above a solid starting level by, by the end of the year last year. Played really well against Georgia, had an interception. So Steel Chambers is a solid starter, but – you know, C.J. Hicks, to me, has star potential. I, he reminds me of 
um, an Ohio State linebacker, Jerome Baker, who was a third-round pick mm-hmm. by the Miami Dolphins and uh, still in the NFL, who uh, didn't play much as a true freshman then had, had a breakout sophomore year. Didn't play that well as a junior, but I think they brought in a, a linebacker's coach that didn't do him any favors, but I digress. So, yeah, I think C.J. Hicks, if he's not a starter this year, if he doesn't beat out Steele, I think they will rotate at that will linebacker spot. They did last year for a while with Steele and Cody Simon until Steele really took that job and ran with it. I think you're going to see that, even though they like Steele, C.J. Hicks cannot be rotting away on the bench as a second-year guy. It's one thing when you're a true freshman. Second-year guy, five-star, and and not just five. He's a five-star and hasn't lived up to it. He looks the part when you see him in practice. He's now bulked up. He's 230 pounds. He's probably about 215 last year, 220. So, yeah, C.J. Hicks is the guy that has star potential there. And Tommy Eichenberg, well, you know, is not like maybe like a superstar. Like he's still like a fantastic middle linebacker, especially a fantastic college middle linebacker. Will he be a great NFL player? Probably not, in my opinion, but he's a great college middle linebacker. So they've got, they've got a good situation there at linebacker this year. And I, I think you can get away with that and, and, and you know be a really good college ball team if you have just good players who know where they're going at, at linebacker, right? Like the, the guys who don't know their assignments is what kind of gets you killed there. Um, I don't know when the last time this happened. I really couldn't figure it out. Ohio State lost four of their top six defensive backs by snap count and none were drafted. Like That kind of says something about the talent. Ohio State is a DB factory, typically. It, this is yeah. a much more talented secondary coming back. Like, w- Will they be ready? I think they will be. I mean, Denzel Burke was really good as a true freshman, and last year um, there was a couple of things. I mean, he, yeah, he, had to, he was banged up a little bit, but I attribute it mostly to he was getting used to being in that man press. They did a lot more off the ball when he was a true freshman. He was, I think, struggling with it. Not that he's – He's a, still a physical corner, but you still got to learn the technique, you know, the, the punch, the line of scrimmage and all that. And it, it was, you know, and then he was receivers were beating him off the line and he'd get lost. And he, he just didn't have a good year until the end of the year where he started playing a lot better. And then he had a great spring. The coaches were talking about coming into spring and you're thinking, are they just trying to gas him up a little bit and, you know, build his confidence up? And then you see him out there. It's like, no, he he looks like this is his money year. We see it all the time where guys even if they struggle their first two years, like Burke had a good true freshman year. We've seen guys come through here time and time again, struggle. Marshawn Lattimore, uh, redshirted, and then as a, a redshirt freshman, didn't play well, and then had a great year as a third-year sophomore and goes pro, and we know what happened with then. Denzel uh, Denzel Ward didn't look good early in his career. As a third-year player broke out, was fantastic. Another first-round pick. I could go on and on. That third year is where it seems to click for Ohio State corners. I think Burke's going to be really good. Then, or, and then Jordan Hancock's also entering his third year. He's good. Mm. Um, he was banged up for most of the year last year. He missed half the season, first half of the season with a leg injury. I think Igbenosin's better than him, and that's nothing against Jordan Hancock's. I think Jordan Hancock's good. Now, throughout spring, it was Burke and Hancock running with the ones, Igbenosin rotating in. I tend to think Igbenosin's going to be that number two corner, and Hancock will be third. They also have Jair Brown, who – they like as a second-year corner. So uh, corner was a mess last year. They were young. They didn't have depth. And then they were depleted with injuries. So now they have better depth. And if they can stay reasonably healthy, I mean, the the, the talent's good there. I won't be surprised if Denzel Burke is a first-round pick this year. Awesome. This next um, year, yeah. So we mentioned you know losing Zach Harrison. It reminds me a lot of like a Josh Sweat guy. Came out, very highly rated recruit, never really put it together in college. NFL drafts him, and, and you know, like he's had a – a decent NFL career because it finally clicks. And that, that happens. And obviously Vincent going undrafted. At, I can already see the Penn State and Michigan fans in the comments when this video comes out and they're saying, well, these guys played, right? Like the, the, the backups behind them were highly rated. They must be bust. Who is the guy or two who will most likely shut those fans up along that defensive line? 
think it's Tui Al, but I also like you know Tyleek Williams and Mike Hall a lot. I think those the two defensive tackles. They're all third year guys too. Jack Sawyer is another one. Um, I still need to see more out of Jack Sawyer. He's he's got the talent. Uh, another five star guy, but those third year defensive linemen. And they and Tywone Malone's now another one, even though he wasn't in their recruiting class. So he's now transferred and he's another highly rated uh, kid from that 2021 class. I'll go with Tui Molo Al. He's the one that can just be a wrecker in there. I shouldn't say the one because Tyleek Williams moves really well for a 6'3", 330-pound man. And they haven't had a lot of defensive tackles that are like big defensive tackles. Mike Hall's a smaller uh, defensive tackle, but very quick, very strong. Those guys make a good tandem in there. So Tui Molo Al is the answer to your question, but I'll say a close second are uh, Tyleek Williams and Mike Hall. Can this defense, assuming that the offense takes some type of step back, it'd be hard to think it doesn't with losing two two NFL tackles and, and, and a you know a, a top ten pick at quarterback. Can this defense make up for that offensive loss and, and and keep the Buckeyes squarely in that national title hunt? Yes, and it'll have to. Like they, you know, the def- the offense will still be the strength of the team compared to the defense, but I think the defense will be better than it was last year in big games and cannot give up that many big plays. Jim Knowles will be the first to tell you, like, our defense is going to give up some big plays because we're going to be aggressive, and there's going to be some chunk plays. But they gave up too many chunk plays last year. And Bud, as you know, I mean, they did some things that were just head scratchers. Like, you're up by, um, you know, you're up by 11 against Georgia, and you're running zero coverage with eight minutes left. How about, you know, you can you can back off the throttle at times. Like, I, I like, I love aggressive defenses, but, like, you got to back off the throttle at times. And Knowles does mix it up. He just you know, was a little too aggressive at the wrong times last year. So can it make up for it? Yes. I think the offense, as you mentioned, will still be, will take a step back, but not a massive win. And will still be one of the best offenses in college football because of guys like Marvin Harrison Jr. And I think the quarterbacks will be, you know, good enough. And the running backs, you know, they, they've got so much depth there. I think they're going to be really good at running back as well. Um, but the defense, I think, will be improved. So if the offense takes a little bit of a step back and the defense can take a major step up, that'll more than make up for it. So, We'll see. The proof will be in the pudding. And um, now Notre Dame has a real quarterback, so they're going to test him in week four with Sam Hartman. So they're going to know pretty early. And Indiana, they, they, you know, Indiana's no joke. They, I like kicking off the season with the Big Ten game. So um, I'm not ready to sit here and say this defense is going to be great. I think they'll be improved. We'll see. I mean, they've got the talent. Uh, these guys, you know, you only lose one guy to the NFL draft, as we said, and he's a third-round pick. you got all these guys projected to be high picks now, like Tui Molo-Au and others. Um, so we'll see. Um, I think they'll be good. Can they be good enough? We'll find out. All right, Dave, we'll get you out here on this one again. Dave Biddle, Bucknuts, Bucknuts Morning 5 podcast. Guys, make sure you download and check that out. They do a tremendous job every day. All right, other than quarterback, from what you've seen at, at practice and, and what your sources tell you, wh- what's the position where the drop-off between the starters and the backups is, is the biggest? Like the spot that they, they have to stay healthy at. Otherwise, like the backups are really not not ready to play this year. Oh, I like that one. Um, it's got you know, even though like the offensive line is not, um, it's still a biggest question mark. I'll go with offensive guard. Like I'll say, you know, Donovan, if Donovan Jackson, I think he's the best offensive lineman on the team. I still need to see Josh Simmons. I like what he did at San Diego State, but I don't think he's going to be the best offensive lineman on the team. Donovan Jackson to me is the best offensive lineman on the team. Uh, was a first year starter last year, for, former five star, as you know. Um, if they lost him, they've got guys behind him like Enoch Vamahi they could put in. Matt Jones is another one. He's their other starting guard. If they lost him because he's a sixth year senior. Um, and uh, yeah, if they lost either one of those guys, I think there's a big drop off. I could be forgetting somebody. Um, obviously, if you lose Marvin Harrison Jr., that would be just yeah. awful. But they have other good receivers. It'd be, it'd be similar to losing Jackson Smith and Jigba last year, where. 
it hurts you a lot, but you do have other great receivers. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll say I'll say Donovan Jackson would be like the one that's maybe. Um, although the more I think about it, Marvin Harrison Jr. is probably the most irreplaceable, even though they have other good receivers, if that makes any sense. But biggest yeah. drop off from starter to backup, probably Donovan Jackson to his backup. Awesome. Dave, really appreciate the time here. And thanks for joining us on Summer School. My pleasure, bud. Thanks for having me, man.